Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleep and rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and co-hosted by myself covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at Talking Rivals and at TalkingRivals.com. And you could also follow Patrick at Patrick Trotty on Twitter and myself, CP7NY. And you could also find our podcast wherever you find your podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio. And you could also find us on Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling for the other great shows that are also on Sportswire Radio. So, Patrick, a little lull in the hot stove this week, I think, with the holidays. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's definitely, you know, it's the new year, so happy new year to everyone. But it's uh, <laughs> very, very slow boil on the hot stove now. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're getting, and, and I mean, there's still there's still going to be useful names out there, but you're getting down to the bottom third of players. Right. Um, I'm, I mean, Nate Evaldi got, got signed, so. That's that's I'm trying to think of the biggest one out there that got signed this week. Yeah, Valdi to Texas, and I think it could be three years up to like sixty something million. And that's the going rate now for pitching. So I can't even say, well, if it was a little cheaper, the Red Sox should have just went for it. Yeah, I mean, at, at this rate, you're going to spend twenty million a year on pitching, right? At the least, and Valdi <laughs> has proven it. He's proven it in New York. He's proven it in Boston. He's had injuries, but I like to say that the other way of thinking of it is that's less innings on his arm. True. So, and he's also done it in the postseason, too, which is yeah. big. He's a big game pitcher. So that's a really good move for Texas, I think. And I have to say, I'm not, this is not even funny, but when I look at what Texas has done uh, with the pitching, with the guys that they've added in last year, with Simeon and um, Seager, they got a decent team. And I'm, and I'm looking at that team. And the one thing I, I think about, I go back to last year with Philadelphia before the season started, you picked Philly to go to the world series. Oh, am I sensing Patrick is going to pick? No, oh no. I thought, I thought <laughs> you were going to pull one on me. No, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not that crazy. Oh, Texas coming out <laughs> strong in the American league. I thought you would. That's why I'm like. Oh. See, my my sleeper team. I'm still liking the Diamondbacks. I think okay. the Diamond. I think Baltimore. We'll see if they. I don't know. We can get into their off season in a minute because they haven't done much. I I thought Baltimore would take a step up, and then I thought Arizona would kind of be Baltimore this year, and maybe Texas is Baltimore next. You you know what I mean? Like yeah, kind I got of you. staggered. I think but, Texas wants to be them now. Like they want to break into the playoffs this year. I mean, they spent a lot of money last knocking year. Out, this year. Yeah, I, that's a tough division to do it in. I mean, are they better than Oakland? Yes, definitely. Are they better than Houston? No, I don't think so. You no, can't, no. I don't, yeah. Um, Seattle. Hmm. I think a lot depends on how healthy Julio Rodriguez is. Right. And how healthy DeGrom for Texas. Yeah, that's Can true. Can he give you 25 
starts this year, 30 starts, if he does. That's why I think Texas might need another pitcher. They might need like a Michael Waka and go to a six-man rotation. Yeah, that might be a good idea. That's not a bad idea. I'm not sure. I have to look into their lineup a little more. Obviously, uh, Simeon and Seager. Um, I'm trying to picture their outfield. And nothing's really jumping out at me. Yeah, like it's an it's a good lineup. I wouldn't say it's right. bad, but I wouldn't say it's top five or something. You know, it's right. probably middle of the pack, a little better than middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, but that again, that's a good signing for them. Um, yeah, with Evaldi. Speaking of the Diamondbacks, I saw they signed Evan Longoria to a one year deal. The very, yeah. I mean, he's been injured a ton, but the very least, you bring in a guy that. Is a veteran, maybe teach the young the younger prospects, you know, here's major league at bat, get you through the season. And if he's healthy, it's something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. those are the type of deals you're gonna see in the next week. Yeah, because there's no, you know, impact players. I mean, I mean there's Michael Waka. Yeah, bottom of the rotation yeah, guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I still think I'm with you. I still think there's gonna be some trades. Yeah, that's. I think those are the big moves that we're going to see. Especially, I know. I, at least I know from the Yankee side, that's really all all the movement that they could make because, you know, they don't want to go over that two ninety three um, Cohen tax um, rate. So, and they're at I think two ninety right now. Oh, wow. I was reading. So they got so they got very little movement for any signings now. So I think yeah, the veteran is the veteran minimum or the rookie minimum is just under a million. Oh, so they really can't add so anybody. <laughs> they would basically, like, even if you say you signed a Marlon Gonzalez, it would cost you at least a million. Yeah. But that's why I was going to ask you about these minor league contracts that the Yankees are giving out these last couple of days. Anybody there that, I mean, maybe if they get hot in spring training? Uh, I guess it's possible. Like a, with outfielder? Yeah, I mean, Billy McKinney, they've had, it, they, they've had him already once before. Uh, Willie Calhoun. You know, he was a, a former prospect with the Rangers. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. They're, they're non-roster guys. So if they, you know, if they can impress at all in the in spring training, yeah, that's great. Um, they're both young, so you never know. You know, not young, but they're not Triple old. Triple A depth. Yeah, at the very least, that I think that's what you're looking at. Um, Calhoun could give you a little bit of power. Three years ago, he hit 21 homers, 48 RBIs, so... Um, he was also the final out in the Corey Kluber no hitter for the Yankees in 2021. So I don't know if that's that, a, that's never a good thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I listen. I still think they need to make a move or two, especially for left field. Maybe add another bullpen arm. That would be great. Um, otherwise, the Yankees are what they are. I mean, unless you're going to move, you know, we've been saying it all year, all off season. You know, Hicks or or, or Donaldson. Um, there's not much leeway that they that they could do anything now unless they really go over that, you know, that Cohen tax or whatever. So um these are the kind of take two separate deals to move Hicks and Donalds. Oh right? yeah, yeah. It's not gonna be the one because no one's gonna take both of them, right? So no. <laughs> if you yeah, it's crazy to take one of them. Yeah. So where it, would where would who would be in the market for I guess it's because it's a an expiring contract with Donaldson. 
Yeah, Somebody I don't... would take a chance, but it would be a team. It would almost be like the Mets if they didn't have Beatty. Yeah, like maybe. Anton right. Donaldson. Is he better than who they have otherwise? Uh, Escobar. Right. Is he better than Escobar? I don't know. But it would be like that type of. T- I mean, it would be. It's got to be a team that has flexibility for payroll. Right. Because you're not. You can't send them. You can't send them to the Nationals. No, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, that would eat up, you know, half their salary. Right. Yeah. It's still got to be a team that thinks they're in contention somewhat. I I keep on thinking Milwaukee. Yeah. And they need a bat. And they've done. They need a bat. Uh, They went in on McCutcheon last offseason and Hunter Renfro. Right. I I mean. And they've done nothing this offseason. Yeah. They've been really quiet. And I think it's. It makes no sense to me because I think that, you know, the the National League Central, it could be one. I mean, yeah, St. Louis is the best team there, but is St. Louis the runaway favorite or this team that you're not going to be able to catch? No. No. You know, Milwaukee's got good pitching. So, and they got an okay lineup, but they definitely need a bit, another batter too, for sure. We've been saying that since last year. Um, but, um, yeah, I, that's not a bad idea. Milwaukee... Uh- yeah, what about there from Milwaukee and the Yankees? If they just said, you know what, we'll split the salary, and you send us something back in, from your minor leagues, right? I know Milwaukee is not a big market club, but still, you you should be able to afford twelve million dollars, ten or twelve, for a guy. And watch Donaldson goes off and has a forty home run year, right? Yeah, it goes but, back to what he was a few years ago. Uh, yeah, what about the teams have been very quiet? What about the Cubs for third base? Yeah, that's that's a all of a sudden that's a nice little infield they got there. Yeah, because what do you got? You got wisdom at third base. You move Nico Horner to second because Swanson is at short. Uh, first and third could be wisdom or the other young player. Yeah, but Donaldson. Um, I mean, somebody. I, they're spending the money on Swanson. If you're right. really going to double down on trying to win sooner than later. Look, Josh Donaldson, Yankee fans are trying to get rid of him. So now mm-hmm. is the time to talk him up. He's still a, a serviceable player. It's just for that amount of money. It's. Yeah. it's So you'd have to, like you said, you'd have to pay maybe half of it. Yeah. Um. That's the only, and maybe the D backs. I don't know. Would the D backs be one if you pay half and try to get something, like you said, something back in return? See, I think they took their chance with Longoria. Yeah, that's true. They got Longoria. I want to see how much they gave Longoria. Um, one year guaranteed $4 million with another $1 million in incentives. Hmm. So there's no way they would. Yeah, not add another older aging third baseman. Pick up another one. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. So that's, I, I think that, I, I know they're trying. They're trying to get rid oh, of yeah. X and Donaldson. It's not like they're not trying. It's just, I know everybody's like, just get rid of them. Um, trust me, I think they're they're trying. It's just a matter of there's just no, nobody wants them, you know, for a better term. Um, I, I don't know. I, 
when you go to the, some of these teams that are set, how about the White Sox? Who's that third baseman? Oh, um, former Red Sox prospect um, in the Chris Sale trade. Oh, Berger? No. Um, oh, man. Oh, uh, Makata. That's right. Yeah, Yon Mankata. Yon Mankata. That's right. Yeah, no, so they won't need. And him. he hasn't performed that well, but right. Blue Jays. Got yeah, shot. it would have to be a team that is able to absorb the money and thinks that they can win now, but they're not quite there. So the Dodgers, because they got rid of Turner, but who they, who who slots over to third for them? Well, I wonder who slots over the short for them. Is Lux a shortstop? Gavin Lux came up as a shortstop, then he moved to second, then he moved to center field. So they bring him back to short. Right. They got to have some. That's another team that's. Yeah. The Dodgers, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Dodgers have a lot of of question marks Mm -hmm. for a team that's spending that much money. Right. I mean, yeah, Justin Turner came off a down year, and I know they replaced him with J.D. Martinez. At the worst, that's just an even swap. But And you I, know what? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to get out of Kershaw. He, I don't know about that bullpen. The rotation is still good. Oh, yeah. But they lost um, – did they lose Anderson? I, yeah, Anderson. He went to the yep. Angels. So now they're so, always, like you said. And Trey Turner. I mean, that's a – so they lose Turner. I know Bellinger didn't do much at the end for them, but they still lose his glove. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, and you know what? Speaking of the Dodgers, we have to mention this too. Trevor Barrow was – his suspension was, was lowered, right? Half. Yeah. So now he's eligible. Are the Dodgers just going to cut him? Or do you think they're gonna? Well, if they if they cut him, are they on the hook for the money? I believe so. Oh boy, <laughs> that's um, a lot of dough because they signed him for a lot, a lot of money. money. I think he's making like forty a year, something like that. Right around forty. I think I for some reason I thought it was a three year, hundred and twenty. Three year, one hundred two. Oh, okay, much less. Um, yeah, like thirty four a year. So he's yeah, so he's got what one more year? Yeah, this is his final year of the deal. Okay, so 21, 22, and 23. There you go. Trade Bauer for Donaldson. Oh god. I don't know if oh Yankees want Bauer. <laughs> no, I look if I if I'm the if I'm the owner of a team, I'm I'll let yeah, someone else pick up Bauer and try to use him as a reclamation project. Right. Because he hasn't pitched in what two years now? He hasn't pitched since twenty. Yeah, just on the field too. He hasn't pitched in a couple of years, and when he does, he's a really good pitcher. But I mean, I remember with Kona in Cleveland, him taking the ball and just throwing it out of out of the stadium. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's you, you can't have a guy that's like just you don't know what you're gonna get from day to day as your top of the rotation guy. And, you know, I, I just read that um, – I think it was on Twitter or somewhere that they said that the Dodgers – the players don't want him. 
So that's not that's, a good sign. If the Dodgers no, that's play. not a good sign at all. Because the great thing about sports is it brings totally different people of back, different backgrounds together because of the common goal. Like, look, I don't care where you're from, right. what you look like, how you how you talk, whatever. Just you're on my team. All right, we're teammates. We're going to go out and we're going to win. But if if his own clubhouse doesn't want him back, that's not a good sign. And a lot of people are saying, oh, he did nothing wrong. He was proven innocent. But we all know if just because you're proven innocent, that doesn't mean you're technically innocent, right? For the exactly. thing. So whatever. We don't have to get into detail about that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens to him. Like you said, that's a lot of money to to just leave on your roster if the guy's not going to pitch. So, um, And the I'm, suspension is what, 190 games? Something like that. And they cut it to... I think he's eligible to return for the for the season, right? Or I'm... I think they cut it from like three sixty down to one ninety. Oh, okay. So I think he has to on the spot rack website. It says the suspension reduced to fifty games. Oh boy! So is he, so is he just going to miss the first fifty games of the season? I yes, guess. that's another thing. Are you going to waste spring training innings on him to get him ramped up? Right. Or do you kind of just keep him on the side and say, you know what? Why don't you just go to the instructional league, get build your arm up that way, and then fifty games in what? The end of May. Yeah. Him up. I don't know. If, I don't know if Dodgers want any part of that headache. I would think. You know what? If you don't want him on your team, I would think you still gotta. You still gotta get him ready, right? So I would. Bring him into spring training, let him work out, let him pitch. And then when the season starts, obviously he's suspended, but he could pitch in the minors just to keep him going and to show to showcase him for a trade. Because, you know, and then see what you could do. When those 50 games are up and he's ready to come up, hopefully by then you could trade him. And Somebody's going to take a chance on him. <laughs> I would think so. Um, I don't know who. I, I don't want to even take a guess because I don't know what, you know. <laughs> I mean, because if they cut him, then does he just – he's a free agent. Right. And the Dodgers pay him all that money, no matter who right. regardless. And if that happens, he's definitely going to pitch this year. If if the Dodgers cut him and somebody can swoop in and get him at a relative bargain, I think, I think he'll pitch again. You're year. getting him with the suspension reduced to 50 games – his adjusted salary is down to $22 million. Right. So he's – you want to call him an ace or, or a very good I two? I call him like a good two if yeah. he's on. So that's a good addition for somebody, you know. Look, the Angels gave – like it's completely different circumstances, but Syndergaard coming off of the injury, they gave him one year $20 million. Right. This and is listen, completely different, but I'm just saying, as far right. as money, it's almost comparable. And let's be honest: if Deshaun Watson, I know it's a different sport. If Deshaun Watson could come back, oh, yeah. I think anybody can at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just who wants to be that person to give out the second chance, right? Because the the Browns have been taking a huge PR hit. So, yeah, is the team willing to do that? I don't know. 
but we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll learn soon enough and what the plan is with him. Because yeah, and I think like you said, if he comes back in spring training and he, and he starts pitching well and he says the right things, I just don't know if he's going to say the right things. Right, he's always been opinionated, and that's fine. You say what you want to say, but yeah. I mean, at some point, he's going to have to toe the line and say the right stuff. Yeah, it's so, and you know he's not so. <laughs> no, he's look. He wants to jump on a podcast or jump on a YouTube and say what he wants, but it's not going to help him. No, he. But he's definitely out there. He'll say what he wants to say and how he wants to say it. So, yeah. Um, good luck to anybody picking picking him up because that's. And I don't think it's going to be the Yankees. No, and I don't see Boston. Right? I don't. I don't see that. No. Yeah. I, I think they would rather bring up a. Give a chance, give another look to like one of their one of their prospects. Yeah. So and then I also saw where Eric Hosmer, the Cubs and the Orioles are interested in him, but the Cubs are kind of focusing on him. Which if if they get Eric Hosmer all of a sudden, again, that infield is looking a little better. Right. I mean, as far as just name recognition, because then you would have Hosmer, Horner, Swanson, and Wisdom. Yeah. That, that's a, solid, that's very a, solid. Especially, like you said, for the NL Central. Still, I would think pitching. Yes. Closing, like who's that closer? Oof. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's see, relief pitchers. Um, wasn't it Robertson for a while there? Yeah. All right, not there now. So and then who took over? Wow. Uh, you have hmm. Rowan Wick. He has nine saves last year, and Brandon Hughes had eight. Um, I, I mean, if the Cubs got Hosmer and again Michael Waka. Then you can start to talk about okay, they're making moves, they're supplementing the team, but and they signed Tyone, right? Yes, and they still got Stroman. I think their biggest thing is Stroman. Stroman has to, yeah, be what they thought he was going to be. And you got Smiley, uh, Kyle Hendricks is still there. Yeah. The guy the Yank they got from the Yankees, uh Wisniewski, Wisniewski. Yep. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's not bad. That's what I mean. I like mean, in that yeah. division, that could play in that division, I think. I got a guy for you for left field for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I was just I was just scrolling through and I found it, and he's not a free agent, but it's a, talking about trades. Mm-hmm. Joe Adele. Joe Adele. Okay. Hasn't Hasn't produced at all with the Angels. Right. Is once the top prospect in the whole game. They have Trout, Otani, and Renfro in their outfield. And Taylor Ward. So now Joe Adele is fighting for the fifth spot between him and Mickey Moniak. I mean, I would would take a chance on him in a heartbeat. Absolutely. But... What He's will they want for only 23, 23 and change? 24. Right. What what will they want for him though? That's the 
I don't know, because he's not a free agent until 2028. So he's got five years of control. I mean, if you add up all his time in the big leagues, he's had 161 games, 15 home runs, 60 RBIs. Hmm. Hmm. And, not, and not that I'd want him on the team, but because that's another bad contract coming back, but they would definitely give you Rendon in a heartbeat with him. And then we could give them Donaldson. But Rendon has four years left. Yeah, yeah. that's – I mean, if Yankee fans are talking about we got to get rid of Aaron Hicks. Oh, yeah. No. What are they going to say about Rendon? Oh, yeah, that's bad. All right, forget that. <laughs> what, I, I, uh, I don't know. I just saw it on trade rumors that they were, they were thinking of maybe exploring the option of trading Joe Adele. And I just don't know. Get a former prospect for like fifty cents on the dollar. But what's the fifty? Like, what is the fifty cents? Like, what kind of a player? Exactly. Um, not you're not getting Peraza, right? From the Yankees, no. nobody like that. And you don't want to. You're not going to get rid of a bad contract because they won't take that. Um. Hmm. I'm trying to think. What would be? It would be like a top. Probably a a ten a top ten to fifteen prospect, maybe. Right around ten, probably, because I mean Adele is just about to turn twenty four. So, but he has all those years of control. Look, he might turn out to be a great player, like they thought. He might turn out to be something like he's done so far, bat two hundred or in between. But uh, I think when there's a consensus around the player. I know they get it wrong a lot of times, the scouts. And it's just like with the draft and free agent signings. But I don't think you can fake your way into being ranked number one as a prospect. Right. <laughs> I mean, there, there has to be something there. So maybe a change of scenery doesn't. But if it would cost any more than somebody like, yeah, like your eighth prospect, I I wouldn't do it if I was the Yankees. Yeah, like if they're like, okay, we want Peraza, Volpe, or Dominguez. No, you no. That's so. In the yeah. trade simulator thing Where's that everybody it? likes to go to, Adele's um, value is one point nine. That's it. That's it. Nice, and he's twenty three. So I, w- I wonder what Austin Wells' uh, value is for the Yankees. I'm going to go much higher than that, but let's see real quick. Austin Wells is probably valued, I would think, at like two or three. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little more. Let's see. Wells, catcher, 8.3. Wow. It would probably be a – man, a one. That's – I thought he'd be valued a little more than that. 1.9. I mean, they always need pitching. Maybe give him Clark Schmidt, two former top prospects. Yeah. You know what, Schmidt's – all right, just to show you the difference in value. Schmidt's value is 10.8. Oh, my God. In this trade value. So it would have to be him and some – you'd have to maybe – then you're taking back Hicks or Donaldson in that deal. Yeah, there you go. Right? (laughs) Um, Do they need a catcher? (laughs) You know what? His crazy 
this is nuts. It makes no sense. This is why this trade valuator simulator thing makes no sense. But Higgy, the cat, the backup catcher for the Yankees, 32-year-old backup catcher, never played a full season in his life, started full season, excuse me. His value is 2.5. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right? Adele 1.9. I would I would say here, take hey, take Higgy. You, you got us by a few, so. We like and all these moves. I don't know. <laughs> the Angels might have three third basemen right now because they have Drury and Gio Urshela hmm. and Rendon. I was going to say, what about IKF? We could send him him, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they'd want him. But well, that that was it. That's a that's a good. You know what? That's a good possibility to me for the Yankees because that's a perfect kind of. I think that's know, the type of. Outside the box tree that teams need to be looking at if they yeah. need one specific thing like the Yankees do. Mm-hmm. It's I, almost like the Kyle Lewis trade, right? Uh, acquisition earlier this offseason, but this would be, I think, even more impactful. But and speaking of trades, the Marlins, I was just telling you this off the air, they were the ones that initiated the talks with the Red Sox about Cassis saying, Look, we know you like some of our young, controlled pitching. If you want that, Cassis has got to be part of the deal. Yeah. Because we've always been saying that the Marlins got great pitching, but they need something in that lineup. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting, but Cassis has six years of control. Right. I mean, for a guy that they're, they're like, all in on opening day. He'll be the first baseman. You get rid of Hosmer, who you didn't have to pay anything for. I mean, if you were going to trade Cassis, I know these trades happen real quick, but if you were going to trade Cassis for pitching, why not keep Hosmer for the league money? Right, exactly. That makes even it, more sense. That's that's what infuriates me about this. But And Pablo Lopez, not to, I'm not putting him down or anything, but He's 26. He just came off his best season and it was 10 and 10. Yeah. I mean, you could say 10 and 10 because he was on a bad team, but zero raise in the mid threes, right? Yeah. Three, seven. Yeah. That's not, I mean, and 180 innings he pitched in for 32 starts. And he struck, and this is another thing. His strikeout numbers seem a little low 174 over 180. Yeah. That seemed, it seems like, Everybody now is is striking out ten per nine, right? At least. I don't Maybe know. Maybe he's just a ground ball contact pitcher, but I don't know. I, yeah. I I'm not giving up Cassis for him. Yeah, look, prospect. If you're talking about like a highly touted 19 year old prospect that's in A ball, fine. We both have said that prospects are a flip of the coin, but I've seen Cassis up in the big leagues putting together good at bats. I know his average wasn't where it should be, but it was his first time up in the big leagues. He's an upgrade defensively over what they had. He'll be an upgrade offensively. And he's got the years of control. So Pablo Lopez has, let me see, two years control. Let me see quick. Um, He's two two this year. So that's, so what does he have this year? And I think next year is control, I think. Hmm. 
Yeah. I, look, it's interesting whenever you can open up trade talks with, with teams that have, uh, at least for the Red Sox, Red Sox, I think, still need some pitching. So, but I don't know if they want to dangle Cassis. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so either, especially with, you know what, especially with the uncertainty of Devers, you know, not, not signing him yet to the extension. And I, I think you got to keep Cassis. You have to. You yeah. The best to. case scenario is obviously Devers resigns or gets an extension, but if it doesn't, you have to, you have to build around something. And this is why this year is huge for Cassis and Brian Bayo, pitcher. You get those two guys, those two young guys to have really good first full years in the big leagues. Then you can kind of say, look, we're building towards something. We're getting something in the right direction. It's not, it's not Devers and Bogarts, but in five years, Cassis might, might be a, I mean, he looks the part. He's, he's always been a power hitting first baseman. He, he's there. I think he was their number two prospect last year. So I think he's going to have a good year. But. Yeah, Lopez only has this year and next year as control. So you got two more years of control. Okay. Not great. No. To give up Cass's plus, and I'm sure they want plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah, I, I don't like that at all, to be honest. Um, at least not for boy. Not in this situation. You know what? You already lost Bogarts. Um, they're already having problems, re- you know, extending Devers. And now you're going to get rid of Cass's, who you've been preaching to everybody who's you know this next great prospect no yeah that would that would be a they're already having a pr hit to begin with right yeah. so i don't know if that's <laughs> i don't know if that's the best thing to do no not at all <laughs> and yeah, speaking of like trades that. and signings and whatnot um for the yankees i mean that was my outside the box move but joe adele the other ones are names that we've said before. I, I would think Profar and McCutcheon. If you're just going to sign a free agent for left field for the Yankees, and we've talked about both of them before, I just think either of them would be a great fit for the Yankees. Right. I agree. Have, for the Red Sox, I'm going to surprise people, and I'm going to say Gary Sanchez and Elvis Andrews. Hmm. Okay. I looked up Elvis Andrews, and he – his his range was league average at shortstop, and he's thirty seven. Wow, he was barely in defensive runs. He was barely below zero, so he was like negative. I think all told, he was negative five, which sounds horrible, but uh, zero is league average. So he's a little below league average defensively at shortstop. I think. Jose Iglesias was um, obviously he was a great defensive shortstop in his prime, but I think last year, even with his great year offensively, I think he was like negative two. So that, that just puts this into perspective, yeah. but they're both right-handed hitters. They both have plenty of experience. If they're, if they're used right, if Sanchez is not asked to catch that much, you know this better than I do. If he's just a part-time DH, once in a while, if the catcher needs a day off, fine. Right. Or I think his his most useful role is a part-time DH and not even a catcher, but coming in for the catcher in the late inning at bat. 
I think that could be useful. Yeah, that's that's actually not bad. I mean, it's either Gary Sanchez or Connor Wong, right? Catcher. <laughs> so <laughs> me me knowing Sanchez, I think I would stick with Connor Wong, but that's me. <laughs> I just thought because the power with with the monster in left field, you might get he might run into fifteen home runs and or twenty home runs and twenty doubles, right? Still probably back two hundred, but hmm. I I don't know. It's it's tough. It, it was Gary Sanchez, Kevin Plawecki. Red Sox fans have seen that before. Yeah. So, I I just think the key is uh, right-handed hitting because they only have. I'm counting it up, and I think they only have three regulars that are right-handed hitters in their lineup right now. Oh wow. Story. Justin Turner and Kike Hernandez. Hmm. The rest are lefties. Yoshida is a lefty. Uh, Verdugo. Uh, Devers. Devers. Casas. McGuire. Hmm. So. Okay. I'd like to even it out a little bit, but, hmm. but I still think the Yankees, getting back to the Yankees, I think they could. I mean, they, you guys have had a great offseason, I think. But you can get a Profar and McCutcheon to finish it off. I think that would be pretty solid. Yeah. That and I, I think they need one more arm for the bullpen. I don't know. Something makes me think they need one more. The guy that you guys signed this past week to the minor league deal, I know this is going to sound weird because he's a Red Sox cast-off. Tyler Danish, uh-huh. he's Gonna get outs for you this year in the Yankee uniform, I think. <laughs> I just yeah. don't know if they're gonna be meaningful. <laughs> right. Or what's gonna happen in between the outs. Are there home runs? Yeah, I was gonna say are there home runs around those uh, outs? Yeah, or... there might be a couple home runs and some right. walks in there. <laughs> but I think you could I think what Cashman's gonna do is get a bunch of these minor league deals and see where it gets hot in spring training. Yeah, and keep them for triple A depth. Too, you know, exactly. that's, that's probably the, the big thing. And so, yeah. do you think you can count on somebody like a Clark Schmidt to give you a lot this coming year? Or because we were just talking about his value. If they don't trade him, yeah, I, I think that's what their plan is, you know, between either as a starter or in the bullpen. To me, that's going to be the interesting thing. Like, if they go with the five starters that are projected right now, if everybody's healthy, you know, that never happens. But if those five guys are healthy going into um, opening day, then are they going to just put Schmidt in the bullpen and just say, okay, you're, you know, you're a setup guy, long man, whatever. Or, I, and I don't think, I don't know if he has the options and I don't think he does. I was going to say, send him to AAA and keep him stretched out to be that starter, you know, to be that six starter in case someone gets hurt. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think he's going to have to stay up because I don't think he has options anymore. Because he's like 26, 27 years old. He's not a young prospect anymore. No, he's definitely not a prospect anymore. He's been up and down a few times. So I I, I think he'll be in the bullpen. I think that's the guy. And they're going to count on him, you know, him. And that's why I think there's got to be a trade coming between him and Herman. Are they really going to put both those guys in the bullpen? I just don't see it, you know. Uh... Someone's going to get moved. I, I just, yeah. 
I don't know. There's, there's got to be a trade coming. There's just too much. The infield, you know, and I don't know if you've seen that story. It was uh, Michael Kay was on um, uh, the Yankees hot stove show, and he had talked about this story with um, with Volpe. Like Volpe after the season, his dad said, just, you know, just rest, take it easy. You know, you 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 know, you proved yourself, whatever. You, you're going to need to rest up for next season. It's a big season for you. All this kind of stuff. So he was. He took it easy for a week. And then um, I think Hal or Cashman called him up and said, hey, you got all, you, you know, we expect you to be competing for the, the opening day shortstop uh, position in spring training. So <laughs> he got, he ramped up his workout right after that. So he's yeah. back to working out. So there's a shot that he could be. So if he's got a shot, that means Peraza. Peraza's already proven he can handle short. And then you still got Torres here. You still got IKF here. LeMayhew, you know, and of course Donaldson we keep talking about. But all these guys, someone's got to be traded, you know, even if Volpe yeah. is sent to the minors, right? I still think so. There's going to be a move coming. That's my thing. And it might be a big move. Um, I don't think it's going to be Brian Reynolds. I know everybody wants him, and I want him too, but I think his uh, – Not that price. No, no. And I don't think we have the pieces that they want or the pieces that we're willing to give up that they want. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I think there's going to be trades regardless, even if it's for minor league guy, but a high – you know, if they're going to trade Torres, it better be for somebody good, right, because he's a pretty good uh, second baseman, so – so yeah. we'll see. And especially with LeMahieu's nagging injuries. Yeah. Definitely. Um the guys, uh, you know, like you you wanted to add a couple of guys, someone for the Yankees and for Boston. For me, I have the same left fielder, either Profar or McCutcheon. I like McCutcheon, shorter deal, veteran. Um, Profar, he's a little younger, he's got a little more speed. He he gives you that aspect. So, um, but I think profile would probably cost a little more than him and years. So that's the only thing you're going to do with that. Um, other than that, I don't know what else the Yankees could add. Like I said, maybe a bullpen piece, but there's really not much out there in free agency. I mean, who's um, even left? Is a... I, the, I, I thought of one or two guys for you, you know, for Boston okay. for a bullpen guy, but. You know, we're talking about like Matt Moore. He was pretty solid for Texas last year. Yeah, and he's a lefty, so yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really uh, Chafin. That's the big name. He's probably the best one available right now. Yeah. Um, the former A and Cub. Yeah, he's been around, and and the other guy I thought of, and you 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 brought up a right right-handed bat. I thought Trey Mancini is still out there. How do you think he would yeah. fit on, on Boston? Yeah, he would. I mean, but then it's like, does he play? Is he full time DH? Right. Where's he going to play? Where's Justin Turner play then? Right. And then Cass is at first base. Mm. Could he play left field with the monster? Maybe. Yeah, that's true. I thought of that. Mancini is a good band still out there. Nelson Cruz, but he's 41. Someone will get. I think someone's going to grab him. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm not someone's sure. Gonna get, someone's going to not desperate, but they're going to look at their team and say, "You know what? Let's just take a chance and hope we run 
runs into 20, 30 home runs. Yeah. Luke Voigt, he's still out there. Yeah. I mean, if he can stay healthy. Right. But he's already, what, 27, 28? Yeah. Uh, 32. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's 32 already. Got old quick. Yeah. <laughs> old quick. Speaking um, of age, I, I do have, I just want to remind myself, I do have a good today in history for birthdays. A couple of big time birthdays today. Uh-oh. One that I think Yankee fans should know. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think I've seen this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as far as the rest of the free agents, look, I'm just waiting for a couple of trades and a couple of these last names. I, I still wonder why guys that have been useful are waiting this long to get signed. Like, what is Michael Waka and Trey Mancini? What are they? What are their agents telling them? Like, just, just play the long game. Don't worry. Yeah. We got you covered. It's like, well, do you? What do you – let me ask you What do you think of uh, Boston signing Kluber? Like, instead of saying – That's right. I totally forgot. Talk about burying the lead. <laughs> I mean, what we're talking about. The Angels, this team, that yeah. – Corey Kluber, I actually like the signing. I get that he has injury risks and he's getting up there in age. If and this is a big if, if him and Sale are healthy, I like their track record. I'm not saying they're going to be what they used to be, but anytime you can get that type of pass production, I think that at the worst case scenario, you have a guy like Kluber and Sale. Maybe Kluber can talk to Sale and explain to him, look, I had to come back from injuries. I used to be dominant just like you. Mm-hmm. Now, why don't you learn to take a little off the fastball, be more of a pitcher, not a, just a thrower. I know Sale is not just a thrower, but he, he relied on that crazy slider and high-velocity fastball. Now he's a different pitcher. He's older. He's coming off of a lot of injuries. I think he could he'd be really well-advised to – Take a look at somebody like Corey Kluber and learn how to get like a second and third life. Yeah. In his baseball career. But if he, as long as he's like a middle rotation guy, sure. One year, 10 million. I like that. And you know what? There's still a decent, and, and when you, I thought it would be the other way around, but Walker is seven, seven years younger than him. He's only 30. Michael Walker's war was 2.6 last year. Corey Kluber's was 4.5. Yeah, and Waka, everyone said Waka had a great year, which he did, because I think the expectations were so low. Right, I think so, yeah. That he just... And he's still out there. You yeah. know who else? Another interesting name for a, for a team that might be competing would be Grinky. Grinky. Yeah. One-year deal, you know? Yeah. Make him your fourth it, or fifth starter. It's a matter of where he wants to end his career. Yeah, he probably wants to stay in Kansas City for another year, but maybe they're not willing to bring him back. But this yeah. really that's really the bottom of the barrel here for yeah. if if you need a starter, that those are the names you're picking up right now. So yeah. And there are teams that have done, and we'll get into this. I want to get into this next episode. What teams haven't done enough 
or teams maybe spent too much money in the offseason. Because we can kind of look back now and not do a season preview, but kind of an offseason review. Right. Because certain teams have been really quiet. and Yeah, a little too much. Yeah. If I'm a fan of certain teams, and we'll get into it next week, it's just I, I don't know what, what they're being sold as fans from the ownership. Well, and I think we're going to try to get a guy um... – Good friend of ours, uh, this guy, Christopher. He's got his own podcast, Christopher's Clutch Hitter. He's a big Royals. He talks Royals, talks Twins. Okay, so, so we can ask him about Zach Greinke. Yeah, those and those are two teams that have kind of been quiet. Yeah, very you know? quiet. I know they moved Urshela. Right. Um, but yeah, the Twins haven't really taken on much. And there was talk about maybe Max Kepler to the Yankees. I know you like Max Kepler for a while. Yeah. Not as your number one choice, but he cost a lot less than Brian Reynolds. So he's a good defender. (laughs) Maybe we can ask him about Greinke and Kepler. And Minnesota's big signing so far is Joey Gallo. Oh, boy. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And that's a great ballpark to see a game in. Hmm. It looks you, nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a little cold if you if you don't get it in the right time of year. But yeah, I was gonna say that they should have put a upper deck late April. Dome on don't it. advise it, but <laughs> not, especially not in March or April. No, <laughs> or May probably. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's um, that was an interesting team because last year, right? They signed uh, Carlos Correa. You would think, all right, they're kind of in it. Oh, and they signed Vasquez, Christian Vasquez, Vasquez. That, that was a catcher. So I think that'll, that'll play out well, but I think they need a little more pitching. Maybe they're just counting on Kenta Maeda coming back healthy and Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan. Yeah. I mean, Joe Ryan was, was quietly, he put together a really good first half of the year. And I like their bullpen, I have to say, because you got, yeah. remember they traded last year for Lopez from Baltimore. Yeah. You got Duran as their closer. It was Durand like a thousand miles an hour. Durand's, yeah, he's he's got some life on his pitches. Yeah, so we'll have him on, and then I'm gonna try. I want to try to talk to uh, our other good friend Matt Patterson, who's a big Orioles fan. And so we'll have three fifths of the division on. Yeah, <laughs> so, that'd be good because we yeah. have to ask him what. This is another team that I was thinking of when I was previewing it. Yeah. What are the Orioles doing? Right. And he's a great I, guy. I know they have a lot of prospects that are ready to come up, and some have already shown up, and more are coming. But Michael Walker would look good there. I thought Tyone would have looked good there. I, we were even thinking Rodon for a while. So True. I mean, yeah, they, they – I don't think they've done – they haven't done enough. I, I I'm trying to remember their big signing this offseason. Uh I don't did they do anything? Oh, they signed uh Adam Frazier. Oh, right, right. For second. That's right. Okay. And they let Odor walk and sign Frazier. Okay. And that's another team. They might be making a move too, because now you got you got Gunnar Henderson up already. Right, he'll be. I think Mateo is the guy that someone's going to sneak in and grab. Yeah, because they also got that other guy, uh, Urias, who's pretty solid. Yep. So I, I, yeah, and 
end, I think, don't they have another prospect, uh, another shortstop prospect that's close? Well, I know they drafted number one overall, um, Matt Holiday's kid. Uh, he's not close because they right. just got him. I thought I seen Jackson Holiday. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure he was a middle infielder too. Yeah, he's thirteenth entering this year as the top prospect. Wow. So they have they have the 13th best one and they also have the fourth best one who is Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson is actually second but he's going to be on the team so yeah and without injuries Rodriguez would have been on the team a little earlier just like DL Hall right but they kind of shut him down which was smart i mean you don't want to push it too much yeah so i guess they're thinking ahead with those guys. So I think, like you said, Mateo is probably the guy because you got to remember, too. Here's the other thing with this is going to lead into my trivia question a little bit in a couple of minutes. But Mateo is a guy you might want to might want to keep because or trade for because he gives you that stolen base threat that now is going to I think is going to come back a little bit to stolen bases. Right. Oh, yeah. With the limited pickoffs and no shifting and bigger base by a couple yep. inches, whatever it is. I'm not even sure. Yep. It's a little bigger, but uh, yeah. So I think a guy like that becomes very valuable. Definitely. You know, and so. I think he can play multiple positions. And if you're a team that can't afford to go out there and spend for the big market names, you're <laughs> going to play small ball. And you're yeah. just going to play the contact and hit and run. And... So, yeah. yeah. Be interesting. Yep. So, so there are three guys today that have a birthday. One of them, I think Yankee fans would know. Yes. Two of these guys are on the same day, same year. So they're both, how old are they? 59 years old today. Wow. That is. Hmm. Edgar Martinez. Wow. And David Cohn. David Cohn. That's the one I seen, David Cohn. Yep. And then Fernando Tatis Jr., He's getting up there in age. He's 23. <laughs> wow. Think about how much he's been in the news, and he's only 23. Like, yep. Played a full, you know, he went crazy a couple of years ago, had that big year, signed a big contract. Last year gets hurt, and now All that, and he's just 23. It's amazing. Yeah. It's unreal. 23 years old. And then the last thing I have for on this day, January 2nd, baseball history, all the way back in 1911, Dodgers president Charles Ebbets, hence the name of the field, announced that he purchased the area to, to build the stadium. Hmm. So. Uh, I have two things then, for you. I can't even imagine the price. Imagine hmm. the price now. Oh, my God. A lot of land like that in Brooklyn. but Oof, Especially in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it would be very tough to build a stadium there, especially now. Yeah, I don't know. You're talking billions. I don't know, yeah. probably a billion with the land and forget it. It would be incredible. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by this uh, by this possible trivia because oh. well, I get hands are usually. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. Well, I got two things for you. I just I wanted to hit you with a what if because this okay. is an interesting one because I thought of it first 
from my side, from the Yankees. But then I'm like, wait a minute, you guys are in the same position with somebody. What if, okay, what if there was no uh, lockout this past year, right? Okay. What do you think would happen with Bogarts, with Boston? And what do you think would happen with Judge, with the Yankees? Do you think they both get signed before the season started because they'd have all that time to to talk and to work something mm. out? Or, or do you think they, or do you think it works out the same way that it, it did? I think it works out the same way just because Boris wanted Bogarts to get the free agency. I think he wanted him to test free agency to get, I think Boris loves his, he can, he can sell to his clients. Look, I, I will get you to free agency and that's what you deserve. Right. And that's almost like a sign of respect to test the waters and, Obviously, he's great at what he does. With Judge, I think without the lockout, Judge would have been would have signed mm-hmm. with the Yankees for the year. So yeah, some I, of it would have changed, I think. He either would have got signed or it would have got much uglier. You know, because they would have – I don't know if they would have went much higher than what they were. But um, Yeah, maybe it would have been some wouldn't have got to this that level. would have gotten out to the media – and then you wonder how his season would have been. Right. It would have been worse. Uh, I don't know if it wouldn't have been worse because you got to remember that. Remember, they did offer him the the contract right at the very end. And yep. it came out on opening day and all that. So he had that. He had that part connected to him, you know, to turn that amount. But what if he would have turned out maybe if they got up a little higher with an amount and then he turned that one down, maybe that would have made it a tougher, you know, what if he turned down 300 million instead of whatever it was 270, you know, a yeah. bigger number w- Would that have changed anything. I don't know, but I, I thought maybe yeah, that, that would have put a little more pressure on him at the start of the year. Yeah. Same he way. Slow start at all, but yeah. Yeah. With, with Bogarts, I think he was destined to go to free agency. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked like, I, and it, I still say they did not want to sign him for whatever reason. They did not no. want to it just it and they proved it. I mean, when you offer a guy like that, would they offer him a seven year deal? Right? Or whatever six, it was. Six or seven. Wow. That's an that's yeah. like an insult. That's ins- insulting. So but yeah, I was thinking of that and I was like, I wonder if there was no lockout, what would have happened here? But okay, I'm with you there. And um the trivia, it's a top ten. And I spoke about the stolen bases earlier. What are the top 10 active stolen base leaders in the league right now? And just to show you that none of these guys, the top one is nowhere near the all time amount, you know, like it's nobody's, nobody's getting into the top 10 all time. It's just something that's not going to happen. Not for a long time. And they're currently, they're still active. They're on uh, the team right now. Yeah. Yes. I think they're all, are they all signs? They're all active, yeah. Maybe one or two. I'm gonna because the one I'm thinking of, I don't even know if he's on a team. Billy Hamilton. I think he is. He's got to be up there. Uh, hold on. Uh, yeah, he is. He's third with 324. And yeah, I'm trying to think. Last year, did he even play? Yeah, hold on. Let me see. He might have pinched. Might have played a little bit. Let me see. 2022. Yeah, he played for 
the Marlins and Minnesota, 37 games total last year. Wow. And he added 10 stolen bases to it. And he's third on his list. Yeah, and he's already 31. Not already, but he's 31. 10 years in the league. He's third. Um, Okay. Well, definitely Trey Turner. He's seventh at 230. I I I thought he'd be in the top five. (laughs) Well, one of the guys you mentioned, or yeah, you mentioned him, is second. In the Cousins? He's eighth. Oh, boy. He's 35 already. He's at 205. So they're all 200. No. Um, yeah, the lowest is 204. Wow. In the top mm-hmm. 10. A couple of big names here, but someone the else. You name, the biggest name I can think of other than Trey Turner for speed guy. I don't know if he's done it recently, but at the start of his career, Jose Altuve. Yep, he's fifth at 279. Wow, I'm still he's 32. Thinking on the top two. I can't get it out of my head. I know it's not a it's not a matter of this guy is faster than Billy Hamilton. It's just he has more stolen bases. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just picturing Billy Hamilton. He should I, to me, he should be number one on this list, but he's not. You know what it is? He just didn't play enough. Yeah, he just didn't get enough at bats because, like they said in Major League, you can't steal first base. Right. And here's uh, here's just to show you how far we've gone with stolen bases. The leader, who you haven't guessed yet, has 336, right, in his career. Okay. That is 124th on the all-time list. Wow. Top 10. Just to how show many you. does Ricky Anderson have? He had 1,406. 1,000? Yep. And the top 100? 10, the 10th player is Honus Wagner with 723. So to get into the top 10, you'd have to be, you'd have to add up the number one and two on this list. Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> wow. Just to crack the top 10. Right. Just to, okay. yeah. I don't even think, um, right? Three. Yeah. It's close. Okay. All um, right, so you got a couple. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw a name out. A big name, Mookie Betts. Uh, no, he's 15th. He's got 158. Okay. Um, a guy you mentioned earlier is on this list. Guy I mentioned earlier. Oh boy. Somebody in your free agent. Oh jeez. Who did Who did you say the the Red Sox should go for? The King. Well, it's not Gary Sanchez. No, uh, Elvis Andrews. <laughs> right. He's second, 335. Oh That's right. He put together some good years in Texas, right? Yep. He has 14, that many stolen bases. Oh. Oh. Uh, another oh. player. There's no, uh, no red so I'm socks. missing one, four, six. Six. Another guy who's tied for eight with, with McCutcheon. And 10. Um, 10 is a big, big name. Big name. Big. Jose Ramirez. No. <laughs> He's 14th, 174. He's a sneaky good base runner. Yeah. Um, Bryce big Harper? Name. No. In that ballpark, though. Oh, then, okay. Um, in that ballpark. Think of big, big-time player. 
Mike Trout. Right. <laughs> he's 10th at 204. And he's 30. Wow. He put up a decent career. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's only, what, 30? Yeah. Oh, my God. He, he came up when he was, I guess, 18, 19 years old. So. Yeah. Okay. But, so the top one, I, I have no clue. He's a guy um, that, you know what? I'll be honest. When I think of this guy, I, I would I thought of him as a stolen base guy. Don't get me wrong, but I think of him was, hitting a home run. And he's not a home run hitter. He's got 18 for his career. What's the I, first thing that comes to mind with him? Just speed. I the first thing that comes to my mind is him hitting a home run because it was a an, an emotional home run. Hmm. If I give you the team you that he hit the home run for, you'll probably get it. He was on Florida, uh, the Marlins, when he did it. Oh, was that the uh, Jose, um, the pitchers, the game after that? Yes. Um, he led the game off, I think. First he okay, batted. So it's not, um, obviously, it's not Jazz Chisholm. No. It's, First he um, batted. Didn't he bat righty? Then he then he switched over to left. Oh, um, he has like a double name. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like I'm saying a comic book hero. <laughs> he kind of well that night uh, he was. <laughs> oh, um hmm. I can picture him. He's like a middle infielder. Yeah. Yep. You got it. Uh, um I don't know. What's his name? D Strange Gordon. Ooh, nice. So he's first, Andrew's second, Hamilton is third. You're missing fourth. Fourth is a guy that's fourth and sixth, they're just gonna be all right. Four, no clue. Fourth is uh, Stalling Marte. Wow. Oh, what about Whit Merrifield? He's 13th at 175. Yeah, that's all I got. Sixth is Jonathan Vilar, 239. He has that many stolen bases? Yeah, I didn't think so either. He's a, uh, he's not a small guy either. No. And tied for eighth with McCutcheon is Gene Segura. Oh, boy. 205. You know we were making fun of Gene Segura, or at least I was, because I was thinking the Red Sox were going to get him. For that deal, I wouldn't have minded the Red Sox getting it. Two years, right. $17 million. No, not at all. But, but some of these guys, I, they're not known for stolen bases. That's why it's a totally different game now. Yeah, and and I think that's the, the hope for the Major League Baseball with these with these rule changes that you're going to see more stolen bases. Yeah. You know, um, I still don't think we're going to see, you know, with what we've seen with Ricky Henderson, with 1,406, uh, no. Tim Raines, you know, 808, Ty Cobb, all the, um, there's a guy, there's only one guy that I've never, well, two guys, I guess, in that top 10 of all time. There's a guy named Arlie Latham. He's hmm. seventh all time in stolen bases with 742. And I'm like, who is that guy? So I'm looking around. He's he's actually buried not too far from me in on Long Island. I was like, you know what? I should try to <laughs> hunt this uh 150. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like a it's like a kid. He, has, in high school. he doesn't have 3,000 hits. He doesn't no. even have 2,000. He's 27 home runs. Interesting, oh, right? Like a... <laughs> He's almost scoring a run every time he got a hit. 
Not in the Hall of Fame. No. no. And look at look at hitter, but a lot of small bases. And look at that last game, September thirtieth, nineteen oh nine. He was forty nine yeah. years old. He, and he played four games, two at bats, <laughs> no hits, but he scored a run and he stole a base. There you go. <laughs> stole a base at forty nine. He pulled the Ricky Henderson. This is, I mean, this, you're talking years ago. Um, yeah, game was uh, different, obviously. <laughs> but I think the game is going to somewhat get back to like the '80s style. I think that's what base. I think that's what Manfred wants. He wants more contact, more yeah. action, less of this three true outcome stuff, right? Like strikeout, home run, that type of stuff. Yeah, he wants balls in play, and just kind of speeding it up. You know, there's two ways to think of that, but some people like the old school game. Some people like the new school. Just figure it out and just hit home runs. And I, I kind of like the old school a little more, mm-hmm. but I don't mind with the ships. The ships are the thing that I, I'm not looking forward to them taking out the ships. Because I think we both have said it. It's if if you want to shift against, fine. Then either do what Ted Williams did and hit it through him, or wait for your pitch and hit it where they ain't. I mean, isn't that the name of the game in baseball? Usually, yeah, that's usually what it was. <laughs> I mean, if, if if you hit it to where they are, you're not going to get hit many times, right? So, but I mean, and that's going to be a part of upcoming episodes where we'll have to talk about which batters are poised for a breakout year because. There's no shifting anymore. Right. I saw an article where I forgot who the batter was. It was a guy that was like, you know, a good everyday player, but against the shift, he was batting like 200. But when they didn't shift, he was batting in the threes. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be certain players like that when we get closer to opening day. They were, they actually brought up um, older, not old, you know, like players that were impacted the most on uh, MLB network. Um, not by any kind of stats or anything. They just kind of were talking about players that they thought. And one of them was to Okay. Um, Ryan Howard. Yep. And who was the other one? There was three of them, but those were the two. And I was like, you know what, with Teixeira too. I mean, I know he got, he was injured towards the end, but he was a dead pole hitter there, especially at the end. And, and he was a great fielder too. Yeah. And he it was that was like more the beginning of the shift, right? The, uh, yeah, that was the early stages of it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this like you said, it's always about hitting where hitting where it's not hitting hitting where it ain't right. Um, but these players were, I think, groomed so much about launch angle and hitting a yeah. home run and and all that. So I think they got if once they get out of that kind of mindset. And I think they see pl- other players getting big contracts for batting 200. Right. That's true. It's like, yeah. okay, if you tell me that. if I have to just fix my launch angle, hmm. I don't have to worry about average. Right. Sure. Right. Like I, I think there's the great thing about any sport, but especially baseball, is there's corrections within the game. Like right. It just naturally, there's an ebb and a flow to it where certain errors are just huge power and then other errors are just a different type of game. It's all the game within the game. I think we're going to see a change sooner than later. Yeah. 
So that was episode 78 of Talking Rivals. And like you said, and Chris said, as we get into the new year, we'll have some more guests on, um, kind of ushering this time where it's like not quite the end of free agency, but not quite spring training. So we'll have Chris giving us a little Midwest baseball talk, and then we'll have Matt coming on and talk a little AL East with the Orioles. But until then, you can find us at Talking Rivals, TalkingRivals.com. Find me at Patrick Trotty. Chris is at CP7NY. And um, until next time, enjoy the new year, and um, that's it. Take care. Happy New Year.